right here. All right, everybody. It is your favorite time of the week, even though it's not a weekly show. It's kind of a whenever we want to do it show. Uh, episode four, Balls and Wieners. We are here coming at you. Uh, it is today is Wednesday, I think, day of the August week. August 18th, baby. Yeah. Best day of the year. Not actually, but it's definitely the best day of today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, full disclosure, I got the sniffles today. Not the, like, I just finished crying sniffles, but the uh, – A uh, little this, sick. This, the – Little yeah, a little a little nose congestion piece for a you. A little today. sickly, as they say. A little sickly uh, yeah. today. Yeah, I, you know, it always starts with a sneeze. So watch out. I I did. I actually the first thing I did this morning when my alarm went off was I sneezed. Like no joke. Like that's exactly what happened. And then it was it's been downhill from there. And that now you're headed down a one way, one way friggin' path to just death, it sounds like. Yeah, I'll be all. Yeah, I'll be in the in the coffin probably by the end of the week. So this will Get be the last balls the... and wieners. Hey, this is a quick something I can add in here. I'm, you know, we we did an interview, so that's good, and you'll hear that in this episode. I wasn't on it because I just moved in to school and I had a lot of shit going on, couldn't make it, unfortunately. Um, but. I was traversing around where I live and I walked out the back of my apartment building and there's a church behind it. And there's a hurt. There was a hearse it, like right, right in there, like little church parking lot section. And it had like the coffin that it, like the thing that holds the coffin It had it on top of the car. And I was like, Holy shit. That's pretty wild. And I, and then I went to go drink and I knew walking back that it was really going to throw me through a loop and freak me out. And sure as hell, at I don't even know when I went home, maybe two o'clock. Well, we'll just say two o'clock just for fun. Two o'clock rolls around. I'm walking past the hearse and I say, what the hell is going on? Pretty eerie. <laughs> and it, it was like a little like, you know, glue, like a little rainy, I think, a little mist. I, who knows? But it seriously. It's no. like what's the what's the line from Wedding Crashers? He's, he comes back to the wedding. He's like, "Listen, I crashed a funeral today." He turns around. He's like, <laughs> "Which is a great idea, by the way." Yeah, I mean, shit. If you're looking to get any, I, I maybe we do cry. Maybe that's what we do next. We uh, we interview somebody, a funeral director, and see how that goes. Probably get yeah. Look out for that. Um, but just as I'll Josh talk said, to the guy next door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can get them on. We can get them on for sure. Um, as Josh mentioned, we do have an interview today. Very exciting. Uh, first interview first of one. the of the, the entire show. Uh, we long got time my buddy, coming. Long time coming. Got my buddy Mitch Ballon on. Um, you'll hear more about him later, but he was a catcher at Delaware last year, transferring to JUCO this year. Um, you'll hear all, all that in the interview, but super stoked to have him on. Uh, it was a great interview. Um, Really hope you guys like it. Really expect that you'll got you guys will like it, and uh, this should be the first of many. So uh, yeah. honestly, while we're on the topic, it, again, if you play sports, if you know people that play sports, you think they might want to come on, tell them to hit the DMs, slide yeah, it, slide in to, our DMs. It's safe to say that uh, the interview should just start flowing in. Hopefully, I, I think it, they will, and I think that we may are like we may already have some some lined up. You know. So, well, we have the funeral director for sure. We're definitely the funeral director him. is he, he will be he will be on next week, along with Tony the Tiger will be on as well. 
Tony the Tiger um, is also coming on. He's finally out of jail. Uh, if you know, he, you know. He got out of jail for uh, heavy use of methamphetamines, uh, and he beat his addiction. And um, he's going to be getting on the podcast to just air it out, air out what it was like in the pen. Um, we're really excited. So, yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be talking a little little sports here first before the interview. Uh, we got Tim Tebow. If you know anything about Tim Tebow, uh, he's a hell of a guy, I think. You know, good-hearted guy. <laughs> One um, of the uh, more interesting athletes of our generation, to say the least. For uh, sure. For sure. Was like arguably one of the most dominant quarterbacks in college football of all time at Florida. And then, well, I mean, his NFL career was fairly short-lived. It mean, was one pass. It was truly yeah. one pass for the Broncos in overtime. Was it against the Steelers? He did, but he did. He was on the Eagles, I think. He was. He he was on the Patriots, too. He bounced around, but never really made it on a roster, actually. He was on, like, the, yeah. the preseason teams and everything. Um, yeah. And then, then he decides – see, now, uh, we'll, I'll get into it after, but then he decides he's going to go play baseball, signs with the Mets, plays, like, three seasons in the minors, is – God like awful baseball. I thought it was, he was all bad. Right. He was bad. He had a couple he, home runs. He had a couple home runs. He topped out at like 210 average. Um, then he then he drops that again and he's like, I'm gonna go play tight end in the NFL. And Tim Tebow will be the first one to tell you that playing tight end in the NFL is it's definitely not easy. not easy. It's definitely not easy. Uh, if you've seen the video, Tim Tebow has to be the worst tight end on the planet he try he goes in his preseason game he tries to block two guys the first time he just absolutely whiffs on a guy does like a like a 180 and falls down and the second time i'm pretty sure he just got leveled by a linebacker like you would have thought he was going to go like all the way down to the center of the earth yeah i mean you see the headlines early on uh, tim tebow's thinking about playing football next thing you know the jaguars sign him i mean the jaguars that's, that's an exciting – I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan, that's just a – well, if you're a football fan, I think that's just an exciting, like, kind of narrative. It's like Urban Meyer's going there. Who the fuck knows what Urban's going to do? Maybe he'll be, like, one of the best NFL coaches ever. Maybe he'll be one of the worst. Trevor Lawrence is going there. Long hair, don't care, give a fuck. I hate him anyway. But he's going to be on, so. He's coming Trevor, on. That's, he'll be right that's, after that's the funeral personal. director. It's nothing personal. But so, yeah, I don't know. Exciting team. Next thing you know, Tim Tebow signs. Tim Tebow cut. See, that's all. I mean, that's all that was. That's, 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 was. That is Tim Tebow's story with the Jaguars. It was essentially a fart you have throughout the day. You're right. thinking about it for a little bit. You're like, oh, I think I'm going to fart. And next thing you know, you fart and then it's, you smell it. And it's, oh, that smells pretty good. I, 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 I yeah, I like this smell. What, Hey, can I fart again? No, you can't. You can't fart again. Guess what? You Guess just why? wasted it. You can't. Kim Jong-un doesn't pee or poop, by the way. So then, yeah. So then the fart's gone, and then that's basically Tim Tebow's NFL career. He'll be back on what, – what was he calling – who was he calling games for? Were you calling games for I – like I feel like it was ESPN. He, was, he would always appear on the college game day. Which is like, yeah, he which, needs, he needs to I know like that's that. where he belongs at this point. No, yeah, yeah, I think that – I like that. I mean, it was exciting. I mean, there also is, though, like, not like – this is like a shit on t- like Tim Tebow kind of type of a deal right now. This is what we're doing. But not really, but there's a video out there um, of, of Tim Tebow, the interview. Do you remember, you know, the interview he gives in college and he's like, yes. I will work. 
I will work harder than anybody's ever worked. And then at the end, I think he just says, God bless and gets up yeah. and it's the hypest shit of all time. Like it is, and especially it is. like when, when Friday beers took it and then put it into their like hype video, that was the second singular thing I've ever seen. And uh, I mean, I loved it. It was fantastic. And you know, so Tim Tebow's a hype man, but he belongs on the TV at this point. Right. See, here's the thing. I don't hate Tim Tebow, but I hate that athletes like Tim Tebow seem to get infinite chances at whatever they want to do. Right. So Tim Tebow goes to the NFL, shows he's not an NFL quarterback. And then he's like, I'm going to try baseball, a sport that I haven't played since high school. And he goes, and let's be honest, if, if you actually like have ever played baseball, like he looked like an idiot in the outfield in his tryout that he had for however many teams showed up. Um, he gets signed. It's simply a PR stunt. The Mets will try to play it off like it wasn't. Tim Tebow will sell tickets to your class A baseball team or your double A baseball team easily. They sign him. Then he's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to try to play tight end. Same thing happens. That's what I don't like about it. I'm not a Tim Tebow hater. I think the guy's fine. I like listening to him on TV. Hate the fact that guys like that get chances when other guys deserve it too that are flat out one better and two just never get the chance because they were never in the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, you got guys that, that would be one, one episode that would be interesting to talk about. And it's really just quarterbacks, not like quarterbacks out of college that just turned out to not be good. Johnny Manziel go, you know, well, who do you even get drafted by Browns go figure he, the Browns. Gets, he gets drafted by the Browns. Then guess what? Like everybody else, Okay, I'm gonna. I'll save it. But Johnny Manziel got addicted to crack. Okay, Johnny he Manziel did. He definitely addicted. did. He, he gets addicted to crack, and then you know what he does? He says he says fuck football, fuck you know, like Markel Fultz. He said fuck it. I, I've been good at basketball my whole life, but now I really want to fucking just blow, just because it's for the Sixers, and he knows that Philadelphia is a city of misery and shit. It is. And, it is and and you know for the philadelphia sports teams that i do follow and love i hope i see you know good things happen soon and i'm thinking we're on the the you know the track flyers eagles fuck don't give a fuck hope the flyers don't win a cup for the rest of eternity hope they get relocated to be honest and then i hope i you know what the eagles i don't give a shit about the eagles football the eagles are always about. gonna suck i think I don't give a shit about the Eagles. Who cares? I don't know. I, it's Andrew. Like, how the fuck? How how can I be? We like some Philadelphia sports teams. We like some. You like one of them. I like three of them, if you count the union. Okay? But how can you, like, like a Philadelphia sports team? In my case, I like three. And then absolutely hate when the fucking Eagles fans start doing the fucking E-A-G-L-E-S chant. That shit gets under my skin like you yeah. couldn't even imagine. It, it's so even, dumb. It's so dumb. Why are we breaking I don't that even, out at every other sporting event? You go If you go to a Phillies game, you flip a coin, there's a good chance you're going to hear an Eagles chant. Like, whatever. It's cool. And I'm sure Eagles fans, like, you fucking – that's great. Whatever. That's sweet. But we're – like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't get it. I mean, you'll go to like a little league baseball game and you might hear it. Like that's how ridiculous it is. This is the, I mean, and this is not good to attract listeners by shitting on one specific city sports fans. We that could shit from on, literally too. literally just outside. Not, and this could bring up a whole other thing when you say, Oh, I, I live near Philadelphia. 
And it's like, no, you actually, you live an hour outside of Philadelphia. Like I would always say that when I moved, I was like, oh yeah, I live like outside of Philadelphia. It's like, no, you fucking, no, you don't live outside. We could get, you know, we're going off here. Tim Tebow fucking sucks at everything he does besides. Except for uh, sports talk- broadcasting. Sports broadcasting, he's great. Uh, so with that, we can move on to some playoff race baseball. Uh, yeah, you um, know you know all about this, so you take. Yeah, take this so away. here's the thing: anybody that's listened to all of our episodes probably thinks we're dumb as rocks because uh, basically everything that we've said that we thought was going to happen has not happened. Um, no, I will defend myself here. Um, the Red Sox are on a, a colossal collapse. Um, very not cool for me. Um, but they're they're playing horribly. They are now five games out tied with the Yankees five games out of the first place uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Now I'll defend myself here by saying, yes, I thought the Yankees were not going to compete for the division. And that's still true. They are not going to compete for the division. The Rays are going to run away with it at this point. I did say, I said that it was going to be the Red Sox and the Rays. Now it just turns out it's, it's the Rays. Like the Rays are going to win the division, which now probably means in three weeks, the Rays will not be leading the division. So shout out me for messing that one up now. Um, I also said that there's no way Oakland was going to catch Houston. And here we are. Houston is only two and a half games up in the AL West. Um, so that's now becoming a race too. now given both teams have played very poorly as of recently. So that kind of plays into it. Um, but now where it actually gets interesting here, uh, the NL East has flipped hands like five times in the past two weeks, relatively unbelievable. The Mets were up by, uh, like two and a half games, maybe even more. Um, they are on a, their own colossal collapse with the Red Sox as well right now. Um, the Phillies were in first place for like three days. Uh, then um, Atlanta, Atlanta has been on a tear and a half. They are playing unbelievably right now. Um, and they, they now hold a two and a half game lead uh, in the NL East. Um, it's that race. And then the NL wildcard, which are becoming very interesting. Um, San Diego is on a choke job as well. I don't know if you've looked at that standing at all. San Diego stacked team. They are now only one and a half games up on the Cincinnati Reds for the second wild card in the national league. So if you're interested in baseball at all, the, here's the thing. A lot of people, they're only interested in their hometown team and that's great. You know, you go support the Phillies, you go support the pirates, you go support the Yankees, whatever. That's your hometown team. Congratulations. But if there's ever a time to watch out of market baseball games, it's now playoff race is hot. The playoff race is hot. There, there is plenty of good games every night. There's plenty of games with implications to watch. And listen, I know almost all of my predictions have been wrong thus far, but you heard it here first. Well, you did predict. We did predict that the Bucks were going to win. The NBA we did. We did. We did predict finals. that the Bucks were going to win the NBA Finals. So I don't want to hear anything about all of our predictions being wrong. Um, a lot of people say that the Reds are going to overtake the Padres for the second wild card. I'm going to be honest. I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, The Reds, they have an easier schedule on the way out, and that's why a lot of people are saying it. But I just can't. There's nothing in me that makes me believe that the Padres are going to explode that much. Yeah, you know, but here's one thing. The Reds are kind of, you know, like they're kind of an exciting team, I think, to follow right now. I don't really know jack shit about the Reds. But their offense is unreal. 
It's yeah, Joey Votto. Joey Votto's going ballistic. Just got his 2,000th hit of his career, which that's cool for him. And then, you know, when they played the Phillies, absolutely plucked a home run off Zach Wheeler. Like, literally looked like he barely even swang. And, pew, like, out to Jacked the bullpen. The out to the bullpen. And comes, you know, I'm pr- sure, obviously, it's Philadelphia, so he's getting booed by the fans when he comes to home plate. And then there's a video of the MLB posted, and he's like, looks at the crowd and he's got like a mean like a mean fucking face and then he's just pointed himself twice and I, I it got me hard it got me hard it got me hard it was sweet uh, it was the, definitely cool yeah so i don't know i mean think about i'll i'll add in my two cents here i don't i think it's kind of funny how hyped up the phillies got when they took first place now like because you you figured that's not gonna last like in the analyst especially because it's the analyst is just always going to like right now, it just seems like it's always changing, you know, like first it's the, you know, it's a match that it goes to the Braves and it's the Phillies and whoever, like it's, you know, by the it's end all of the over year, the place who, for sure. It, it, exactly. Yeah. By the end of the year, who knows if one team gets hot, like whoever, whoever's in first right now, if they get hot, you know, they could just take it. I'm pretty sure the it's last like time the- I saw the Phillies, we're like four and a half games back. It's probably more now, but I mean, four, you can make that up. It could always be made up. It's like, I mean, it's the craziest thing with the analysts because that's been the narrative the entire year is if the team that's in first gets hot, it's over. And not once has the team in first place gotten hot enough to put the other two teams out of the race. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be crazy. at least, yeah, at least around the league, it's going to be a very interesting, um, a very interesting finish for yeah. most. It definitely divisions. should be. It definitely should be. Um, yeah. I mean, even even you could – if you consider four games out to be, like, in the race at this point, like, you could even – like, the Phillies are in the race for the wild card. And then if you go all the way to the to the American League, you've got Toronto and Seattle still in the race for the wild card if you consider four games out to be in. Um, yeah. Which for those two teams, I'd consider Toronto still in it. Seattle, much less, just because I, just, I still don't see it with Seattle. Um Yeah. But I don't extremely know. I lucky mean, this year. Yeah, very. You know, very. But yeah, so yeah, so I mean, hopefully, we'll see. hopefully, uh, well, I, here we go. Let's do a little quick prediction here. Um, you know, putting your Phillies bias aside, I mean, you, you very well might pick the Phillies here anyway. Who do you think wins the NL East? Um, I think the. I don't know. Well, here, let me look. Let me look up. I well, honest to God, like I. If the Phillies get hot, they could win the NL East. It's just a matter of if they get hot and they stay hot. But, you know, that's – we as we already seen that. Like, we already seen. Like, that's just not – who knows? That's not going to happen. I think – I was going to say the Braves. I was going to say the Braves initially. I think the Braves, you know, the Braves are a great team. Unfortunate injuries, uh, you know, like happen to them. And they got guys out that are, you know, like they got guys out right now that if they had them in, the Braves could run a, could run away first place like easily, I think. Easily, um, definitely. It would be it would be like but, a 45 game lead at this point. Yeah. So so the Phillies are only two and a half games back from first place. If the Phillies get hot, I could see it. I hope the fuck the Mets. I hope that the Mets I hope City Field explodes with no one in it, but I hope it explodes. And they can never play baseball again and they get fucking relocated. 
Mets fans are the worst. That's another. That's actually the, you. You want to talk about the worst fans in sports? Mets fans are fucking horrible. Lock so, it in. Lock it in. Fuck, fuck you, Mets. Um, fuck you. So <laughs> yeah, Braves. the playoff race I'm will taking, be interesting. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, I'm taking the Braves. I was okay. going to take the Braves as well. I don't think it's going. I think. Uh, I think if we if we go back or if we go ahead two weeks, I think when we record two weeks from now, I think we're going to say it'll be the Marlins. Braves. Braves are going to be, it'll be the Marlins. They'll come out of nowhere. They'll come out of the woodworks. They're 13 games back. They're, they're going to start making up some fucking games. That's for They'll sure. They'll figure it out. You know, for a while they were in last place, but they were the only team in the division with a positive run differential. And that was That's the case bizarre. for the longest time. That's bizarre. Yeah. Very strange. Makes no sense to me. Um, Real quick here, we got one more thing before we uh, send you off to the interview. Um, we are talking NHL, actually, which it's been a little bit since we've talked about the NHL. Um, but just recently, the league owners approved jersey ads. So ads on the jersey, similar to the uh, NBA, how they have, like, I think the Sixers are sponsored by StubHub. I'm pretty sure the Warriors yeah. are sponsored by Bumble, right? Somebody's the Warriors are right. Ra- the Warriors are... Um... That weird, like some weird company with an orange logo, like fucking Rakuten, Rakuten. I don't know. Somebody's Bumble though. Somebody's Bumble. Maybe it's the Lakers. I think the Hornets. I think the Hornets are Bumble. Really? Oh, maybe that that does sound kind of right. And I mean, Hornets and like Bumble, like it's kind of like the same, you know. The the Bumblebee and then the Hornet. Yeah. So, but no. So. I don't know. For a long time in the NHL, like the NHL had to, they put ads on the helmets this year and, or with, you know, within the past two seasons or three, two, three seasons. And they only did it because of COVID. Like they had to bring in money from somewhere because they like, they're not, you know, no ticket sales absolutely cripples most NHL franchises. Like they need to get some money somewhere. There has to be revenue stream. So they put the ads on the helmets. Now they're putting the ads on the jerseys. If you know anything about hockey, ads on jerseys are huge in the like in the KHL, in all like the DEL, in in the SHL in Sweden. Like it's huge all across Europe. And to be like, you know, honestly, looking at it, in every sport in Europe, ads on jerseys is common practice like this is you know yeah, look at soccer like, teams and, and then you probably know the soccer team this. by the by the company that they, they're sponsored by more than the soccer team literally, itself. like literally i mean i think i think soccer jerseys are the best jerseys in all sports one that you literally there are so many fucking soccer jerseys out there that i don't even know if uh bill gates or goddamn bezos could buy all of them okay so that's one. Two, they change like Fulham. My dad, this is a shout out to my father. He loves Fulham. They're in the championship right now in England. They they fucking they suck. And I think they I know, suck they and don't they're actually, good at the same time. They don't actually suck. I just think it's funny when they lose because you know it's my dad. I think it's funny when they lose. But their their uh their ad on their jersey has changed like a couple times in the past couple of years. There's a, they were sponsored by Pizza Hut at one point in time when Pizza Hut was still rumbling and pummeling. That's a cool, it's one of the coolest jerseys I've ever seen. A Fulham soccer jersey sponsored by Pizza Hut. There's a team 
um, in one, I don't know what league in England, but they, they're sponsored by Burger King. They got Burger it's King. so jerseys. funny. It's Literally, so like funny. it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And like, so yeah, that, that's cool. And the NHL is a movie. Like obviously the, the main logo is going to be the main thing, but I would like, I think it'd be cool if on the bottom back part of the jersey, there was a nice big, you know, ad, you know, like whoever, you know, yeah. whoever wants to well, sponsor them. I remember when the NBA decided they were going to do it and when other team, other leagues were considering it, it was like, uh, there was such, there was just such big uproar. There was I would a lot bet, of big uproar. I would bet that the majority of people have one forgot about that. And two barely even noticed the fact that NBA jerseys have ads on them now. For sure. But two, now this is something we should, I, this is a good question to bring up to get your opinion on it. Cause I know how I feel about it. I think with hockey, I think there's wiggle room with the ads the nba makes sense like but i don't feel like there will ever be ads on baseball jerseys i would agree with that and i actually think it'd be kind of sacrilegious to put an ad on a baseball jersey it just doesn't make it wouldn't fit anywhere like yeah i agree so i mean yeah i i I don't know that's something to think about i say in two years we'll probably be looking back on this and say yeah we were wrong but yeah, I, I love this Vagisil ad on my uh, on my Mets jersey. This is this is sweet. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think would be the craziest like at? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool to see. Like, it won't happen. I think it'd be sick Sand to packs. see. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I would say I think it'd be sick to see like a Wawa ad on like the Flyers or something like that. Like if it was more yeah. localized, like I don't yeah, know. it won't happen, cool. but uh, it'd be cool if it, it did. It's worth to mention our friend uh, Ian Hoover. Shout out Ian Hoover plays club hockey at Drexel, and and then we have a couple other buddies who play club hockey at Drexel. They were there was a he sent a thing in our Instagram group chat, and it was a picture of the the captain of the Division One club uh, Drexel hockey team, and he had the 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 jersey on. They put the Wawa ad on the jersey, and like it looked so dirty. It looks so really? clean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't see it? I didn't see it. It's super it. clean. It's super go clean. Look. Yeah, you have to. But it's super clean. So, you know, whatever. I guess our, our minds are could be changed. I have to say, I mean, stuff like this is like – we all know it was coming at some point. It's just, you know, they held off as long as they could, and now it's, now it's going to be there, and it's going to change absolutely nothing for the fan. Yeah, nothing. So, so with all that being said – now uh, we're gonna clip. We're gonna clip out here. Move in, Move this interview in. You get to listen to Dan and uh, Mitch Ballant talk for a little bit. Should be exciting. Uh, and enjoy this. This is first of many. All right, we're here, or at least I'm here uh, with Mitch Ballant, one of my good buddies. Um, Mitch, for those of you that don't know him, which is likely. Most people listening to this right now, uh, Mitch is a now former catcher at the University of Delaware. He's now going to Rowan Community South Jersey or something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, Mitch played uh, high school at Kennett um, right around me. Uh, was kind of like a stud. Hit over 400 his junior year. Uh, first team all area in 2018-2019. Um, obviously played Division One for a year. Uh, transferred out and going to play a year of uh, JUCO. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Living the dream. This is the dream for me. Um, so, I mean, first question right off the bat, 
you know, cause I, I pumped your tires there with the stats, pumped your tires with how good you are at baseball. <laughs> um, were you always this disgusting at baseball? Uh, unfortunately not. It's, uh, I've, I've come a long way since I first started playing. Um, I started very young as, as most players do probably five or six years old. I ended up skipping T-ball ironically and went right to, I guess, coach pitch. And my obsession kind of started from there. Um, it wasn't until I was maybe, maybe nine or 10 years old that I really took it up seriously and started training nearly every day. And that's kind of where it led me. So, so wait, were, were you like not good at, at coach pitch? Were, were you like one of those kids that was like bottom of the order in coach pitch? I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I was, I was no stud growing up. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. You weren't the six year old that's like beefed out already on the roids. No, not, not a shot. I was, I was a small kid growing up, kind of, kind of skinny, kind of lanky, but I filled out and started, started hitting the ball. There you go. That's all that, you know, it, that happens. That's, that's when you get good. Um, did you, I, I forget, did you always live around here or did you live somewhere else before? Uh, so I, I lived in Coatesville, Pennsylvania from the time I was born till uh, my sophomore year of high school. I actually lived I actually lived in Coatesville and commuted to Kennett every day until I was able to move into my new house oh my in Kennett Square. There you go. Yeah. So that was, that, that was a fun, that was a fun sophomore year. There you go. Um, so, okay. So if you weren't like always, I mean, I guess by the time you said you were like eight, nine was when you eight, nine, 10 was when you started to get really into it. But when did, when do you think you would say that like, it kind of hit you that you were like, you know, I'm like pretty good at baseball. I might be able to do this in college. Like I want to try to do this in college. I mean, honestly, I kind of never really thought about it. I just approached every game, just trying to have fun. Like it's, it's when, well, okay. That's kind of a lie. When I thought about it, I feel like that's when I do worse. Like I just need to go up there and have fun. So when, as soon as I realized that I might have a chance at it, I kind of just said, all right, let's take a step back. I'm just going to go out there and have fun. And that's when I continue to do better. And that's when I caught the eye of some coaches when I was just out there having fun. So, yeah, you didn't want to, like, put too much pressure on yourself, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. So, wait, so that was what – when you kind of started to first realize you were in, what, like sophomore year of high school? I, I'd probably say freshman year of high school just because I started – I started getting some chatters like my my first my first visit was to University of Richmond and that was end of my freshman year and that's that's when it really got serious like wow this is it's not a huge division 1 school but it's it's my first offer and it was a division 1 school and I was like wow like freshman year like I I really have a chance at doing something big here but that that ultimately didn't work out and after that point, I'm like, all right, I can't put too much pressure on myself because I'll start to just stumble down. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Um, that's got to be pretty sick, though, being a freshman. And you're like, yeah, like I'm kind of like starting. <laughs> I might actually have a chance to like keep doing this into college. Yeah, it was it was a pretty neat feeling. Um, so, you know, like we like we mentioned at the beginning, you started out at UD, played there for a year. 
Um, talk about what like the original recruitment process to UD was like, and then was it like an easy choice for you to go there? Did you have other schools interested in you? Did you were you interested in other schools? So talk about like the whole recruitment process as a whole when you first uh, went to UD. All right, so I actually I want to take a step back into your question before um, freshman year. I got I got a look at. I got a look from University of Richmond and then sophomore year, just nothing occurred. Like I didn't get a look from anybody and I kind of got discouraged. Like I was like, all right, maybe I'm not taking it too seriously. But in the back of my head, I always knew that I was doing everything that I could. So then junior year, I got a look from UMBC and East Stroudsburg. Now I went to visit UMBC and that wasn't, it just wasn't the right fit for me. So that was unfortunate. Sure. And then I went to, and then I went to East Stroudsburg and I loved it. But obviously that wasn't the best baseball that I could be playing at that time. So I was like, all right, this is my number one, but I want to give it a little bit more time to see what happens because at that time I still had my entire junior summer. Right. Which is, which is a big recruiting time for a lot of baseball players. So I ended up going to a showcase where Delaware was at and they saw me got some interest there. They saw him then they then saw me at the Carpenter Cup, which is which was a great experience, highly recommend it. And then um, they had one of their pitching coaches come down and watch me um, in Georgia at the perfect game tournament. And I ultimately did an okay time there, but my catching was really good. My catching was really good down there. My hitting was so so um, and probably hit like up- 300 with like two home runs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, but it was, it was all right. Um, and they, they ended up offering me down while I was down there and it was too good of an offer to pass up. So I kind of, kind of hopped on that band bandwagon because it's really close to home for me is division one baseball and it's just a perfect fit. There you go. So it kind of happened like really quick, which is like not something that I feel like you hear about too much in recruiting for any sport, but especially baseball, at least from what I know. Yeah, so the first time they contacted me was in Georgia. So they had seen me previously two times, never said anything. And then within a week, because that Georgia tournament's only a week, they contacted me. And then a few days after I got back, I toured and then signed. That's awesome. So what did that feel like then when you go, you tour, you figure out like, yeah, like this is it. Like, I really like it. It was like a weight off your shoulders, like a bunch of pressure coming off, or was it just pure excitement? We'll talk about what it, that feeling was like. It, it was the biggest weight off my shoulders because sophomore year and then all fall and then spring of junior year, I was getting no looks. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? Did I post something on social media that coaches didn't <laughs> want to see? Like, you don't know because – yeah. I, I thought I thought I was doing good. I thought I was having fun. I thought I was doing good on the field, but I'm only getting looks from these schools, which don't get me wrong, are good schools. But I feel like I could have played better and just no one was looking at me, which was disappointing. But then out of nowhere, Delaware came up and I'm like, all right, this must this just it must happen for a reason. And it happened. There you go. Um, so. Going back to high school now, you obviously you play your junior year, you miss your senior year because of COVID. Um, what was that like being an athlete and not being able to play your senior year? Honestly, it was it was really depressing. Um, we 
my my sophomore year, the first year I transferred, was our best year by far. Junior year was all right. And then senior year, we had a chance to be just like we were a sophomores again. Like we had that opportunity, not necessarily to win the state tournament or state championship, but to play good baseball and go pretty far. And as a senior, that's something you look forward to because that's the last year you get to play. And just not just having that getting taken away from you, that was really disappointing and upsetting. Just everything you worked for those past three years just taken away from you instantly. Was it better at all knowing that you were going to play somewhere after, do you think? Oh, 100% because I, I know some kids, they may not, they may not love the game like I do, but it's a game they might have played just as long as I have up to that point. And out of nowhere, that was the last or the last season was the last baseball game they ever played competitively, really. Right. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of toothpaste do you use? Because you got really nice teeth. Uh, uh, is this a serious question? Oh, it's absolutely a serious question. I'm in between toothpastes right now, so I'm looking for more options. All right. Well, it's actually funny you bring this up. I'm missing seven teeth, if you didn't know that. Are you serious? I am missing seven teeth, yes. No way. Yes. Um, I know no one's watching, but I can take out my teeth, which is pretty absurd. That's insane. But back I can't believe teeth. I never knew that. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you never knew that. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, I, that, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> so back to the toothpaste i actually used like like just normal toothpaste like crest toothpaste for the longest time yeah but i was listening to this podcast and they talked about xylitol you ever heard of xylitol i have heard of xylitol so it has the reverse effect on cavities the more you use it so i use xylitol gum i brush twice a day i chew xylitol gum and um, suck on xylitol mints all the time. Wow. Yeah, so that's so, the um, secret. I, I guess it is. <laughs> um, all right. So this is, this <laughs> question is now related to, um, your entire baseball career. This could go back okay. to when you were we still playing coach pitch, but apparently not T-ball because you're too good for that. <laughs> um, what's the coolest thing you've ever done on a baseball field? Wow. Um, I have, I have a few of those moments, actually. It's, it's, uh, I'd, I, I'd rather, I'd rather list a few. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so probably I remember hitting, this was probably, I was 11 years old. It was still, um, it was 50, 70. It was the last, like just playing rec league. Um, I had my best friend, Peter Graham at the time. He, he went to the same school I did growing up and not to toot my own horn, but we were, we were probably the best two players in, in the rec league. <laughs> and uh, he pitched. And at that time I pitched and we both hit cause everyone hits in little league. So I was pitching that game. He was pitching that game. Um, I ended up or So I pitched that game. He hit a double off the wall and then I came up or he hit a double off the wall off me. And then I came up that last inning and hit a ball in, so I hit a ball over the fence into the hockey rink out beyond the left field fence. <laughs> and, and that, that was, that was really cool for me just cause that was the first time I really like hit off a really good pitcher. It was, 
it was crazy. Um, I know it's not much to anybody listening, but to me, that was, that was a really cool experience. Um, I feel like whenever you, you play your best friend, it's like, obviously you want to like do well against them too. Whenever I, whenever I pitched against kids that I was friends with too, I'd be like, I swear to God, like if I drill this kid in the <laughs> dome, like that's going to be such a bad walk. I know it's, it's, it's fun just cause there's that, there's that competition that you don't get from just a random stranger. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's your best friend. You're like, all right, if I get you here, you're never living it down. Yeah. Yeah. So then probably the second best thing. No, not, not the second best thing. All right. I'm going to do it in three. So that, that was, that Fair. was my third. That was the third. My second best was, so we played, I was on the triple threat Bearcats. It was a travel team. I was probably 15 years old. Um, we played a tournament up in Allentown called ECTB. You ever heard of it? No, I've never heard of it. All right. Anyway. So anyway, that, that team was really good for no reason. Like we were small, we were scrappy. We, we like won everything. It was weird. So we ended up going to this tournament. We made it to the final round. Um, I forget what team we played, but um, bases were loaded. Bases were loaded. One out. Guy hits a ball to the pitcher. He throws it to me home. We get in a rundown at third and second or third and home. We get him out. And then there's a guy. Then we then we get a guy in a rundown at third and second. And we turned it we turned a double play to end the tournament. We won the championship on a double play like that. That's sweet. If if that, that makes sense to you, if you can picture it like that. Yeah. Um, see, winning a tournament is something that uh, kids from Avangrove are just not. We, we didn't have enough good baseball players. We never did. We could never amass enough players the right age to ever do anything exciting. Yeah. Winning a tournament, I feel like, would be so cool, especially it's, when you're younger, too, because you're like really into winning the tournament and you're not, you're less about like the individual play. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun because at, at that time, that was like the World Series kind of. Yeah. Like, like you play all weekend because it wasn't really weak, but it just felt like every game was postseason, and you're like, "All right, this is it." Yeah, right. So then, so then, my best and coolest thing I've ever done on a baseball field actually happened my freshman year at Delaware. Um, we played LaSalle. It was probably March. I remember it being freezing. It was cold out. Um, I was an, I'm a freshman on the team. I'm I'm new. I'm young. I'm not expecting to play that much this year, but I go take BP on the field, come in. My name's in the lineup card. I'm like, wow, first game of the year, I'm, I'm hitting. Um, I'm DHing, which is fine. Um, I'm batting seventh. Uh, first, first four batters, um, our, leadoff, our leadoff hitter hits a triple. They get him in, and then we get – everyone gets out, and then next inning comes up. I'm up to bat second. Walk up to the walk up to the plate, all like antsy, excited, like first college at bat, like I'm ready. Step in the box, lefty on righty. I'm righty, so lefty pitcher. Step up, look at him. All right, let's do this. Fastball inside, first strike. All right, first college pitch down. All right, time to lock it in. <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm here. All right. Oh, one. All right. I'm ready. I'm going to hit this next pitch. He throws another fastball low and outside. I swing ball goes over the right field fence. First at bat. 
I remember texting you after that because I was I looked up like the stats of like a couple of the guys that I know at the beginning of the season. I saw you hit a home run in your first game. I was like, dude, it's like that has to be like awesome. Like I can't like I can't imagine anything to be cooler than that for you. Yeah, it was it was it was bizarre. It was it was absolutely crazy. Like I said, it was I watched the first pitch blowing in. And I was like, all right, let's do it again. And then of course he throws me another fastball blowing away. And I just I see the ball, I hit the ball, and Bob Hanna Stadium at Delaware, always windy, no matter what day, always windy. That helped a lot. But I got it up in the air and the ball just carried out to right field. As soon as I hit the ball, knew it was out, I just I don't even remember running the bases. Like I just blacked out <laughs> with it. Yeah. It was it was bizarre. I just ran the bases, touched home, went in the dugout and just got swarmed. It was crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, to even to even cap it off even more, that was the best moment on the field. But then I went four for four that game, and then the, and it was a double header. The game after that, I got two other hits. Six hits in one day, you can't beat that. Yeah, so it was. I'm lucky that, if that, I get six hits in a season. You're doing it in one day against Division yeah. One competition. Yeah that that day was that day was certainly something to remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you talked about earlier, you said when you were getting like recruited in high school and everything, you said that your like mindset going into games was to have fun. Um, is that still the case? And then what about like, how do you view yourself and competition when you go into games? Cause I hear a lot of guys, uh, in the major leagues and everything talk about, like, I go into games thinking like, I'm the best player on the field. Like. I'm like, I'm going to do well this game. I'm the best player on the field. I'm going to show off. Talk about what your mindset is other than um, if you're other than, you know, going in saying, I'm just trying to have fun, just play baseball today. All right. So um, to answer your first question, um, let's see. Wait, wait, repeat your first question for me one more time. Yeah. When you go into games now, do you think the same thing that you did when you were in high school and when you were younger to just go out and have fun. All right. So to answer that question, yes, my, the main thing I try to do on the field is have fun. And the biggest reason I left Delaware was because I just wasn't having fun. Like I didn't enjoy going to practice every day. I'm, I'm not going to name any reason specifically, but I just, I wasn't having fun. I didn't enjoy going to the park anymore. Like I did in high school. And it wasn't because we were practicing every day. Like I loved practicing. I loved going to the field. It was just the circumstances there. Just, I just wasn't having a good time. And I'm like, I don't want to do this for the next three years. I, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to enjoy going to the field every day, working hard and just having a good time. Like that's, that's what it all, that's what's, that's what it's all about for me. Right. Um, and then the second part of that was when you go into games, do you, like, like I said, I feel like there's a lot of guys in the major leagues that I hear them talk and they say they show up at the field and they're like, I'm the like, whether they are or not, they say, I feel like I'm the best player on the field today. Like, that's what they tell themselves. Do you feel like you find yourself doing the same thing or do you take a more humble approach saying, I'm just going to try to be myself and see what I can do today? So I, I never really. I never really try to be like, not, not necessarily calling that cocky because you're, it's more self-talk, but like, I try to stay as humble as possible, but it, I'm not going to lie to you. When I step in that box, it's all, I'm going to absolutely demolish this ball. Like 
it's all positive, like not anger, but it's all like just positive reinforcement telling yourself, all right, you're going to smash this ball. You're going to smash this ball. You're going to smash this ball. And you're not always going to do it, but if you're negative, there's just that thought in your head and more and nine times out of 10, if you're thinking negatively, you're going to do negatively. Right. Um, along with, uh, talked about your mindset going into games. Uh, what kind of pregame music do you listen to? What are you bumping before games? Honestly, I listen to country 24 seven keeps me nice and mellow. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Now, I, what I, about, um, did, uh, you ever take over Ox in the clubhouse before games or no? Uh, I've usually it's once or twice and people realize, all right, we don't want to listen to country music pregame. So I, I usually get shut out pretty quick. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so like you said, you were at Delaware for one year, um, elected to transfer. Talk about what the whole transfer process was like. So, I mean, it was, it was actually kind of scary. Um, I mean, it was kind not, not that it was late, but it was right after the season and already found a house to live at already had roommates, loved everything I was doing there, loved the school, loved everything about it. Just wasn't the right fit baseball wise. So it was, it was hard and to make that jump because the transfer transfer portal was so, um, just crazy with people. Like it was just absurd amount of people that were in the portal. So you enter it and you're, I could be picked up. I could be not, I can be homeless now without a college for, I don't know, maybe the next four or five months. And I, I might not even have a spot in the fall. Um, but the process was eased a little bit just because some of the former players at Delaware, um, attended Rowan previously. So they highly recommended it. So that, I mean, that, that wasn't the first option. I went in the portal, maybe hoping to find some bigger schools and some did offer, but after ultimately thinking about it, I thought Rowan was the best choice after thinking about it, just with the draft eligibility after one year and just the school's um, impeccable performance over the past few years. Sure. Like I said, it's a JUCO, right? So you get one year and then you're back in it, but you're back in it with the mindset going into it that you're already going to have like you're already going to be not necessarily transferring, but moving schools and other schools are going to know that too. Yeah. You know, the, um, uh, hold on. I, I have something else to say regarding the transfer thing. The hardest thing about it was actually making the phone call to the coach telling him I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Really? Like, yeah, just, just because even, even though we didn't have the best relationship, it's still, that was, at that time, making commitment to Delaware was the biggest thing that happened in my life. And now breaking that bond, that was hard. I mean, for at least for me, it was, it was, it wasn't something like, Hey coach, I'm not going to be on the team anymore. Thanks. But thanks, but no, thanks. It was, it was kind of like, it was a little bit hard for me, not, not like emotionally, but just hard to do it and hard to, hard to break that bridge right away. I was say, especially because you spent an entire season in the fall, winter and spring with like, like this guy was your coach. Like you were around him almost every day, if not every yeah. day. Right. Yeah. Um, so D one for one year, what was the best D one perk you experienced? Um, that's, that's a tough one because in the fall, we didn't have, we didn't have all the things we had in the spring just because of COVID. 
Right. And and the fact that during the fall and winter, they were building and finishing the brand new weight room, brand new um, training facility, as in um, athletic training, like um, like your athletic trainer. And they, they built a whole new dining area and cafeteria for athletes, which we didn't have previously. So honestly, that was that was probably the best part was getting to experience the whole brand new facility with weight training, athletic training, and then food. The food in the athletic um, cafeteria was extremely, extremely good compared to all the other dining options around campus. I can only imagine. I have um, one of my buddies is a uh, manager for the basketball team. And uh, he says sometimes like, they'll you know, they'll also get the food after the game for if they work the game. He's like, yeah. oh my, it's so much better than anything you got at the dining hall or anything he made himself. Yeah, it's it's really good. And it's they, it was only like. I think it was only like seven dollars. All you can eat. It was crazy. That's unreal. Yeah, I would was, I would do damage at that place. Oh, we, we did because you, you would go there after working out and you'd be starving. You just go, all right, you, all, all you have to do is keep your receipt and you just keep going up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get another meal, get another meal, get another meal. It was awesome. Um, So talk about real quick when you were at Delaware, what was like a day? What did a day look like from waking up to going to bed um, during the season? All right. So I was, I, I was a little more driven than a lot of than a lot of my <laughs> other other teammates um i was i'm unlike the i'm unlike the typical college student i'd like to say um luckily for me i i had a suite in college so it was i had my own room shared a bathroom and then my and then my suite mate had his own room so luckily for me i was able to like do my own schedule so Every night I would be in bed by nine, nine thirty, ten at the latest, because I would get up at four thirty. Um, I'd get up early, eat my breakfast, and then I'd go to the gym, work out. Um after working out, like just main kind of like big movements, because I had I had time to do other stuff when we worked out again in the afternoon with the team. But I got done what I wanted to get done in the morning and then Every week we had to get COVID tested. So after the gym, I'd go to my COVID test. Um, that was a pain in the butt. Probably had over 50 of those throughout the summer <laughs> or, or throughout the spring. I passed every one. So that's 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 really good. Um, so after that, I'd go eat at the Penn Cater Dining Hall. Wasn't the wasn't the best option, but I got it done. Um, <laughs> eat breakfast. Um, I usually took my time at breakfast. There was no rush. And then I'd be back to back to my room for online classes until probably noon or one o'clock on the on most days. And then after that, I'd have about an hour off. Then I'd go to practice from two to five thirty. Then you'd go weight train again. Then you'd go to the athletic trainer. Um, Big fan of ice baths. Love them. I'd take an ice bath nearly every single day and then you'd go up and eat dinner and go back to your room and do schoolwork for the rest of the night. There you go. The life of a division one athlete right there. Yeah. And plus I forgot to mention, you got to sneak in lunch somewhere there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 
what did you what did you think about online classes? Did you think it worked better for you because you were an athlete, or did you just hate it? Absolutely hated it. I hated every single minute of it. It was, I mean, it was it was nice because I could get back from eating. Like I like the dining hall was five minutes was a five minute walk from my room, so I can literally get finished eating at seven fifty and be back to my room, logged into class by eight o'clock. So that was nice that I could have that extra time, but I just, I couldn't pay attention in class. Like I'm not, I'm not a very good student math wise. So taking math online was even harder, barely passed math, but I did surprisingly. Um, and that, that just the classes that I really had no interest in were very hard for me to pay attention and pass just because. I'm staring at a screen all day when I'd rather be on the field playing. Yeah. So I just, right. Online classes just weren't a good fit for me at all. Um, when you were uh, younger, was there any players that like you looked up to that you modeled your game after that you were like, if I, if I like go into the box, like I want to look like him, I want to hit like him, uh, anything like that. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. I remember, well, I feel like I remember now I'm kind of doubting myself. I remember growing up, I just have this one memory. I was hitting in the backyard with my dad. It was, it was at the point where I couldn't hit the ball over 50 feet. Like I was still that young because we were hitting in the backyard and the shed was right there. And I still couldn't hit it at the shed to break any windows. Um, I remember wearing this one batting glove and my dad was yelling at me. He's like, you want to be like Ryan Howard? You're going to wear one batting glove. I, I just because I, I remember seeing him hit and for some reason, I think it was Ryan Howard. But now I'm thinking that he wore two batting gloves. Maybe not. I just I remember wearing one batting glove trying to be like Ryan Howard. But honestly, I never tried to be like anybody besides that point. It was always kind of. Just me, like just it's just me who I am. I'm going to play the game how I want to play it. Yeah, sure. Um. Nissan, you've played a lot of baseball. You've done a lot of travel tournaments. Obviously, you played D1 too. Um, who's the best player that you've either played against or played with on your own team? Ooh, that's ooh, that, that's a tough one. Um, pitching wise, was probably Matt Mikulski. He got drafted this year. I forget what round. Um, he played at Fordham. He was the left-handed pitcher, topped at 102 miles an hour. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that that was absolutely insane to face. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely struck out that at bat. I remember I fouled a pitch off. That was that was the best I could do off. Like, that let's year. go. <laughs> let's yeah. go. Um, the second best, the second best kid was probably Sebastian Keene, played for um the Northeastern Huskies. Um, he got drafted out of high school and this is the first time I've ever seen it. His spin rate was so insane. His fastball looked like it rose. Oh my God. So like, I remember facing this kid, I faced him at home and at Northeastern. I'd step in the box. He would throw me a down and in fastball. And I was like, as soon as it came out of his hand, I'm like, there's no way this ball is, there's no way it's going to be a strike. It's too low. But it lit, it just came in and it just seemed like it rose into the strike zone. And he, he's throwing he's throwing 95, 96 miles an hour, which is 
that's that's fast. I don't care what you say. And it's rising and you're like, how do I hit this? It's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. My claim to fame is I played against CJ Abrams going into my senior year, my junior year summer. I played against him. He's now for anybody that doesn't know, he's now like the eighth best prospect in all of baseball. And yeah, I, I faced him. Oh my God. He is so fast. Really? He was absolutely. Yeah. He bunted and made it the third on like a simple <laughs> overthrow. <That's crazy. laughs> it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, a couple more questions here and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Don't want to take up too right. much of your time on this, <laughs> this fine uh, Tuesday night. Um, what are you most looking forward to in your baseball future? Do you think? Honestly, it's, it's meeting more people. I, I love, I love meeting new people just because of the things that they teach me. Like um, going in all fall, I batted a certain way. I batted my own way. I, I haven't had a coach in a long time. Um, and I've got this far, which I, I think is pretty good. Um, but all fall at Delaware, hit my own way, did all right. And then maybe three weeks before the season, the senior catcher at Delaware, his name's Jack Gone. Um, it was his fifth year. He hit the specific way where he started and he would load all of his weight into his back heel. And once he told me that and taught me that, I feel like it unlocked in a crazy amount of power that I never had before. And after he told, after he taught me that, um, I started watching MLB games and realized how many of these pros do it and how no one's ever told me to do that. Not that I've had a coach, but no one's ever told me to do that or taught me how to do that. And I credit him with so much because that little tip I feel like made me into a much better player, much better hitter. And if I never went to Delaware, probably never would have figured that out. I mean, maybe somewhere down the road, but if say I didn't learn it there, maybe somewhere down the road, I would have never hit a home run that a coach liked and got me to that next place. So I, I feel like the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is meeting people and gaining all this knowledge that they have and possibly, and hopefully making me a much better player. Sure. Um, now, along with that ideal scenario, where do you, where do you put yourself in like two, two, two to four years, I guess, let's say go. So, which I guess would be like going into your senior year and then after, after college. All right. So, I mean, obviously my dream is to play professional baseball. So the biggest reason I went to JUCO was because after two years, after your sophomore year, you're draft eligible. Instead of at a division one school, you have to wait until your junior year. So since I got boned out of the draft, my um, senior year of high school, because they only went to five rounds. I'm not, I'm not five round material. Um <laughs> Um, I now get that extra opportunity coming out of a JUCO, not, not saying that it's a given, not saying that's going to happen, but there's that possibility. If I really light it up at Rowan, some team could come knocking and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I just want to play baseball. The money doesn't matter to me. So if some team offers me, I'm signing, I'm going to play, I'm going to go play baseball. Like that's, that's, I mean, that's what I hopefully I really, I mean, I really want that to happen, but if it doesn't happen, we're going to see, we're going to see what other schools have interest and 
see what happens from there. You have a dream school that if like, if it, if after, uh, after this year at Rowan, you know, you don't get drafted, let's say, you know, you could pick one school, go anywhere. Where do you think you would go? Uh, I mean, that's, that's a really hard, that's a really hard question. I mean, I mean, I'd love to play down South. Like I love it down there. I'm, I'm a pretty country guy. I love, I love everything the South has to offer. Um, I am truly a big fan of Texas, to be honest with you. Um, everything's bigger in Texas and I love it down there. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably Texas. I'd probably like to go to the university of Texas. Good deal. They were pretty good this year too. So, I mean, it yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a stretch, but that's, that's the dream school. Yeah. Hey, everybody, if you don't have a dream, then you got nothing to live for that, you exactly. know, think about it that way. Exactly. Um, Last two questions here. Um, if you could give advice to anybody younger than you um, that's looking to play maybe uh, collegiately in any sport, what is the one thing that you would tell them? I mean, it's, it's going to sound kind of dumb because I've said it so much, but just, just have fun. Like, I feel like everyone's so obsessed, like just, just, just for baseball, for example, everyone's so obsessed with home runs and average. I mean, yeah, that's, that's something really, really important, but if you're not having fun, you're not going to, you're not going to hit well, you're not going to hit home runs. You're not going to, you're not going to hit for average. Like when I'm loose, when I'm having fun, that's, that's when I'm doing my best. When I'm in the box thinking, all right, my batting average is 299. I need to get a hit here or I'm going to sink even lower. That's when you don't get a hit. That's, that's when you choke because you're thinking too much. It's just go up there, stay loose, have fun and just enjoy the process because you never, you never get the days back. You never get little league back. You never get high school back. Like just, just enjoy the process and have fun. Yeah, easily. Um, All right. And this is the last question. So you're the first interview. So it will become the question that we ask everybody that we have on here. Um, What's the go-to post-game meal? Wow. Um, all right. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a very big hunter. I love, I think I did know that. Yeah. I love to hunt. Um, I love to cook venison, which is deer meat. It's probably the only good thing that I'm cooking or it's the only good thing that I can cook well. Um, so my favorite meal, favorite post game meal is probably ground up venison mixed with tortellinis. Really? Yeah. A A little bolognese. Yeah, it's it's extremely good. Don't knock it until you try it. It's it's a little odd, but it's the protein, it's the carbs, it's it's everything you need in it. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first. You want to go play D one? Start eating venison and tortellini. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll let you go here. Um, big thanks for coming on today. Uh, we hope you had a good time. Um, and hey, never know. Maybe we'll have you on after you get drafted. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to, uh, to uh, Mitch Ballant there for uh, coming out. Great interview. Giving me some time. Um, I actually shed a tear at one point listening to that. Yeah, Uh, it was, it's, it's super emotional. Um, I would say, I would say, I mean, it's, it's too late now, but hopefully you had a box of tissues near you because I mean, let's be honest. It's moving to moving in the sense that you know the boys got their first interview. 
They yeah, got, they got, exactly. that's why it was emotional. You know, yeah. it, it's, it, you know, the it, whole right ladies there. and gentlemen, we got them thing. That's, that's kind of exactly got what the deal was. We got that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no. So that was a, uh, you know, that was good. And you could expect, I guess from here, you can expect to see more of these. I mean, you did the interview and I actually, you know, like you did the interview. I'm excited to, you know, get in on the next one. But like, you know, what's your take? Like, what's the main takeaways for you? I mean, you got like, you I had thought, that some main takeaways here. I thought it was so fun. Like, I, I don't know, like, what about it? What like made it so fun for me? But I just thought it was so fun to like, ask questions to somebody that I already knew, but that I had like never asked, like those specific questions before. Um, and I mean, again, some of the responses that we got were like, I don't know, just stuff that I wasn't necessarily expecting or just like stuff that kind of like blew my mind a little bit, which is like, uh, again, more reason to get excited for future interviews, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure if you're a young athlete, you could take away some good stuff. Or if you're just like literally curious about what these athletes do like what division one athletes like what is the you know how what it is to be them like right exactly you're gonna hear it you're gonna hear it here first essentially that's what yeah we're you're for. gonna yeah you're gonna want to be on this train before anybody else because we're gonna you know like we said the interviews are gonna start piling up here in a little bit oh yeah i want to miss any oh yeah no definitely not um, um so you want to so talk about flipping the switch here we're about we to flip the switch it. big time this is going to be incredible um, we decided we're going to, we're going to implement a new segment here that we're also going to include on later interviews where we just ask each other outrageous questions. Um, yeah. so, uh, Steph, if you want to ask me something first, we'll get, we'll get the ball rolling right away. Okay. So I have a great question for you here. If you're now, this is good. This is going to be good for, and I know you're not, a t- I don't think you're a Tinder user, but if you get that golden match, you know, you got the Tinder, what, what do you think, or what do you think you're sliding in there with? What's your, what's the best opening from in your, in your mind? Because I will say, I, you know, I'll say some pretty outlandish things to the ladies, but I think that's what they like to hear. <laughs> At least, you know, nothing crazy, but, you know. All, all within it, the legal sphere. They're all legal. Yeah. It's not like I'm actually going to come track you down and kill you. That would <laughs> grab their attention, but would they respond? Possibly possibly not. Probably, probably with the police. But uh, if you were to get a match, probably with the police, if you were to get a match, what do you think you would say? Like, what do you think you would say? And I'm interested to hear it because I know you don't use Tinder. And uh, so – yeah, so this is this is actually great that you've asked this because this is actually one that I saw on TikTok the other day. It, it's something along the lines of um, whole whole lot of forks and knives here, but I'm just looking for my little spoon. There you go. That's it. That's all you said. That's all you said. That's a good it, one. It, it's inviting, but it's also very clever at the same time. Yeah, and I think I think that's yeah. that's a good play. I feel like sometimes too in the Tinder you could just like at like. You could say shit like on purpose wrong, 
and then kind of like, oh, you know, like, hey, like, you want to like, oh, you want to do, I don't even know. I can't think about yeah, it. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's if like, you switch have you ever that, seen the you one, said, have you ever seen the one where it's like, the, <laughs> <laughs> if you switch the big spoon, like, if you switch out little spoon for big spoon, I feel like it'd be funnier because it's like, what are you fucking blind? The big spoon's right there, you idiot. Exactly. Or have you seen the one that it's like, um, it's something it, it mixes like three different pickup lines in one. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna look it up. I know and see if I, can, I know it's like something about. it's like it's like um how much does a polar bear weigh? Because when you look like Tennessee and if you yes. could <laughs> it's so funny. Yes, the so polar bear funny. one's a great one. How much you do you know how much polar bear polar bear weighs? Oh, enough to break the ice. That's a great one, and that's worked yeah. for me almost 20 five percent of the time at this point because i've tried it on about 300 different men and women yeah no it it definitely it definitely works i probably used it maybe twice and i feel like i'm shooting 100 percent with it so what does that say okay um yeah so you fire one fire one for me all right this one might take some time for you to think because i don't even know what my response would be off the top of my head um but if you if you could transport a furious elephant to any point in history, where would you transfer them and why? So basically if you could take like an, a, an elephant that's going like absolutely like apeshit, where would you, where would you put it in history? Well, the obvious answer is city field at any point in time throughout the course <laughs> of the um existence of the Mets <laughs> that's no not a, that's see that's the obvious answer but all to give a more I don't know maybe to think of a better one uh I think it would be sick to throw like I mean I don't know how many bullets an elephant could take so maybe this this might be stupid but it'd be kind of I think it'd be cool to throw like an elephant well I said bullets so this isn't going to make any sense to throw an elephant in the middle of like one of the biggest battles of the Crusades, because like what do you oh, do? There probably yeah. there were probably elephants there anyway. They're probably fucking so who knows? But like that, a daycare would be funny. <laughs> just uh, any any old daycare. <laughs> just a daycare, and all the kids are there, and none of them get injured. But it was it was a hell of an exciting time. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So that's why that's I, there. You could probably anywhere, like. Yeah, I think I think a furious elephant could you could definitely put it anywhere in in the course of history, and it would probably it would definitely at the very least spice things up. It would definitely yeah. make things more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what? Now I got one for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now I got two here. I'm looking at, but I'll give here. I'll give you. I'll give you the classic. I'll give you the classic. How many? Um, you have hmm, okay us in two ways. How many ten year olds you taken out with a baseball bat? How many five year olds can you take out with your bare hands? Okay, all right. Um, I'll answer the five year old one first simply because I've thought about that one before. Um, okay. I figure unarmed five year olds. Are they all coming at me at once? They have they I feel like they have to be in some sort of a pack. Yeah. They might gain like, like an 
yeah, I would say not necessarily like an angry mob of like 75 of them, but you're not sending like yeah. one in every 30 seconds, right? Yeah, it'd be so, like two or three come at you. Yeah, I would say, I would say in the grand scheme of things, I feel like I could take around 25 as long as it wasn't all at the same time. And I'll give the logic behind it. Um, I figure the first, the first 10, I could take out like pretty easily with my legs. Um, if not more than 10, I mean, I got, I got half decent, powerful legs, legs hurt a roundhouse kick these five-year-olds in the head, um, pretty easily. And I feel like it would take not, one kick and they're down. Yeah. They're not so, getting up from that. To no, the temple. So no way. I take as many as I can with my legs and then we start playing with the arms and now my legs are going to be tired. So I'm not going to be able to put as much force into the punches as I want, but I still feel like I'll be able to get probably like two thirds of what I could with the legs at that point. So I would say I'm actually going to change my answer. Probably like 34. Okay. Probably 34. 34. I mean, actually let me look up. What's the average size of a, of a, of a five-year-old. I'm going to guess four, two of a five-year-old. Here we go. Um, that could be way off. I, I'm thinking that, it's probably way I'm, off. I didn't, I didn't ask for five months. Oh, five year old. Um, three foot seven, 40 pounds. Oh, my God. So, actually, I mean, maybe, maybe I could take like 133. You might be able to take way more than you think. I feel Especially like I definitely could. At the end... Assuming that this doesn't do anything to me in the long run, like I don't get CTE from it. Once I'm, you know, once I'm done giving bows, which I think would be second to last, I'm just going to start throwing my head at them, just yeah. headbutting, grab yep. them by the head and just. They probably saw the soft spot in the back of their head. Exactly. Aim for that. You kill them instantly. Yeah, which, that's it. That, mean, there's who, there's another 10 at least before your head starts to hurt. We didn't say you had to kill them. You just have to, you know, cripple them to the point where they're not going to get back up. Right. So how about the baseball bat one? Now, this one, 10-year-olds, I mean, are the baseball feisty. bat, they are. So wooden uh, baseball bat, metal baseball bat, so it doesn't break on you. Okay, fair. 70 pounds and 54 and a half inches. Um. So that's, you know, that's under five feet, not that tall. I don't know. I think I, you get tired really easy swinging a baseball bat, but at the yeah. end of the day, if you're hitting kids with a baseball bat, it's probably going to hurt like hell, no matter how hard you swing. I would say, I would say here, I would say like 2022 20, is accurate. I, I think that's, okay. I think that's a fair, that's like two full base, two full little league baseball teams. I think I yeah. could take. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could take out all of the mid-Atlantic region, both exactly. the champions that, that are going exactly. to the LLWS. Yeah, so, so yeah, you that, put them against me, fair game. Fair game for good. me. Against, what about you? What do you think you could take? With a baseball bat, probably – I was thinking, like, anywhere between 30 and 40. 30 and 40. Like, like 41. 41. Okay. 41 yeah. i think I, like i actually because like you think about it you could probably get three depending on the size of the baseball bat, you probably get three of them at one time if they were all coming in one swing maybe just right to the fa- three right to the face 
and yeah, that's game there. Yeah, like I yeah so, no, I think I mean we're obviously never going to be able to try it, but it would definitely be interesting to try sometime. Yeah, we should send it up to the cloud and ask uh, AI to simulate and see yes. what AI get like what they give us. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So this is the last one we'll do today. This is my question to you here. Um, what would be the first couple things that you would try if you found out that you were um, like incapable of feeling like pain? Oh, and like, and let's, let's say like whatever you do, like, let's say you like cut your arm off. Like, let's say like you can get your arm back. Like something. Okay. Something it regenerates. Like yeah, sure. Let's say it regenerates, but it regenerates like it will actually like you'll you'll have like a baby arm for like a month and then that would be cool. So if I cut my penis off, could it is there room for it to grow back bigger? Yeah, sure. But it's still but still for like but it could be like it takes like a full. Yeah, for a full year, it'll take like a full year for it to grow back and it'll grow back like as if you were growing up normally. Well, you know what? I a full year. If it was a full year, now that's a hard one because I don't necessarily like. I definitely would cut off my penis for a full year, but you know, as a, I, as I think a known could, sex haver, yeah, I think I could do the arm, and I could do the baby arm. That would be cool for a little bit, but it definitely be a talking you know, point at the very least. Oh yeah, it's, so what happened? That's well, actually, I'm like a lizard. But, you know, how long did like how long did their tail because they had they could regenerate their tails, can't they? They're, I think so. Yeah, they can. So, I mean, however long that takes is how long we should be basing this off of, which I don't think it actually doesn't take that long. It takes see. a couple months. I believe how long for lizard. To regrow tail. Um, yeah. In fact, it takes lizards more than 60 days to regenerate a functioning tail. So let's just call it like 100 days then. I mean, we'll play it safe. We're, we're slightly bigger than lizards. So 100 days to regenerate your... What if I cut off my head? See, I now this is like the, the whole chicken scenario, right? I think you'd be fine for the first five days without no head. And then, you you know, just get like a baby. You'd wake up with like a baby head one day. Well, like an like insanely big, like big body. Yeah, you'd be like the Gerber baby. Or like the... You yeah. probably look like... I don't know. Isn't there some like? Does the Pillsbury Doughboy have a really small head? I feel like there's some character that has the a Pillsbury super small head. You you talk about uh you talk about somebody that I would like to fucking talk to is the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's somebody that I could sit down and have a six hour long prolonged conversation with, for sure. You know, I love the Pillsbury Doughboy. There's nothing that gets me more erect than seeing the, the Pillsbury Doughboy. And what? Is that, is that pedophilia? No, it's not because it's a fictional character, you sick freaks. Okay. So, you know, it's a boy. I love the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. And if it? I could have a little, if I could have a little head like the little Pillsbury Doughboy, that'd be cool. Yeah. No, I, I like the Pillsbury Doughboy as well. The Michelin Man's another one that I would, that uh-huh. would enjoy, especially because he can just like pull tires out of his torso, just like throw them onto cars. A, we could have used that when we were going to uh, – we were coming up to Penn State the one time, and uh, Dan got a flat, and we yeah, fucking tire used the Michelin to, Man. Yeah, the tire just decided to explode for absolutely no reason. Um, yeah, a bunch of bullshit, but – bunch of bullshit. Cares? Didn't ask we for it, it but 
yeah, it, it's fine. I can change a tire. It's not a big deal. Um, we should definitely mention it though, that I can change a tire. Um, so if anybody needs to change a tire, I know how to change a tire. It's, so everybody it's actually I, very, it's very easy. The first time I, that first time I ever, you know, I got a flat, I didn't change the tire cause I didn't know how. And it was like five, just drove home without the tire. Actually, you just drove literally three just, wheels. Yeah. But I watched the guy change the tire and I was like, I could have fucking done this myself. Like what, what are we doing here? So yeah, I don't know. Learn how to change a tire. That's worth learning. I think. And learn how to do your taxes. So then you could commit tax fraud knowingly. Exactly. You know, you can get away with tax fraud for like three years. You can get away without filing your taxes. Yeah. It I takes mean, them like why? three years to actually figure out that you didn't file your taxes. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so what? I, I think that's the plan now. You just go, you just go every three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Fuck. Yeah. And then um, file, or just leave and not file. I don't, I don't. Yeah. True. You just move to a different country. Yeah, go to Mexico. They don't come fuck down there. Yeah. Um, final thoughts here. Shout out Joel Embiid signing a uh, Supermax with the Sixers. Um, did it on his own, too. No agent. It's always really cool to see. That's sweet. He knew. And I'm glad he wants to be here. Like, he's obviously locked in for the long haul. That's exciting because that's a guy that every Sixers fan wants to see hopefully retire in a Sixers jersey. I feel like in the NBA, that just never happens. Probably exactly. won't happen, but that's cool. like, I think Five years. I, I think you couldn't find a better guy to represent Philadelphia either. So mm-hmm. such a good guy, such a good guy to represent the city. Everybody loves him here. Um, way better than Ben Simmons at basketball too. Should definitely point that out. That's fair. It is fair. Um, yeah. So we got the Cameroonian back for what six years. Yeah, I think I think, I think it starts not this year, but the year after maybe. So I think so it's, it's like five six. years solid, and then plus. One, yeah, yeah, six, or something like that. No, no mathematician. I'm no mathematician, but the basic addition that's that's my strong. I could do that one, all right. Yeah, so I mean, this was good, uh, exciting episode. I'm I'm thinking that this is it with Finito. We're we're going our separate, we're going to separate our separate ways, yeah, absolutely. Again, hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, You'll, you'll hear more as we come. And again, if you want to get on, hit the DMs. DMs are always open to be slid in. We're going to DM you. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get DMed by us. And you don't want to be DMed by us. You want to DM us because you don't you yeah. don't want to know what after, we have up our sleeves. After hearing those Tinder openings, we're definitely yeah, going to get – it's game over. We're going to get to first base. We're going to, we're going to hold hands. Very quickly. Very right. quickly. So that's great. Um, sayonara, adios, konnichiwa, hello in Japan. See ya. <laughs>